And this morning, I'd like to title my sermon as Raise Your Dead Child. Can you say that with me? Raise Your Dead Child. So it's morning, this sermon is, you know, going to be very important because, you know, uh, God, I believe God will speak to some of our, pa- some of us who are parents and some of us who are the future parents or some of us are handed over children in our hands to, you know, a parent as a spiritual father and a spiritual mother. And I want you to listen to this and I will make sure that those who are not here right now, they will also listen to this sermon. I'll give a little bit of background to First Kings chapter 16 and chapter 17. In the 38 year, year of Asa, as he was the king over Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, he became the king of Israel. Can you say that with me, king of Israel? So king of Israel was ruled by King Ahab, and at the same time, King Asa was the king of Judah, as Israel was divided as a northern and southern kingdom. And Ahab married whom? He married. Jezebel. Ahab married Jezebel. Jezebel was the daughter of Edbal, a person by name, Edbal. Amen. And Ahab, King Ahab, started worshiping the idols. He went into Baal worship and he started worshiping the idols. In fact, he set up a great big altar for Baal, the temple of Baal. They had built a great temple in Samaria. And they started worshipping and King Ahab was the man behind. Ahab also made wooden images and Ahab really provoked the anger of God. You know, more than any of his, uh, the kings, they ruled the nation prior to him. And the anger of God came upon the land. And that's where the man of God comes there. What is his name? Elijah. Can you say Elijah? And Elijah declared a drought. I believe he did that because of the wickedness that is happening in the land. He could not handle the wickedness and he spoke something. You know, this morning Tijo mentioned about it. You know, he spoke something and when he spoke, this is what he said. There shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. I don't know whether God told him or not. He spoke. You know, when, yeah, when God's people speak, it happens. That's why we need to keep our mouth shut. It may be true that you don't like somebody, but don't say anything. Don't ever say anything. When you say something, it may happen. It may happen. Word is powerful. Don't say anything against anybody. Don't say anything against the ministers of God. We don't have any right to say anything. If you don't like, let's not say anything. Elijah said, let there be, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. God asked Elijah, to go to the brook of Cherith. And when he said, God didn't say anything about it, but it happened. And God said, Elijah, you said that there will be a drought for three years. You go and hide yourself. Go to the brook of Cherith and you can drink the water in the brook of Cherith and ravens will come and feed you every time. And that's what Elijah was doing. And Elijah, when the brook of Cherith dried up, Elijah went to Zarephath. And there he saw a widow, if you remember the story. And that widow was collecting sticks so that, you know, she can use the sticks to burn and make fire. And she can, you know, make the little bit of flour and the jar of oil that was left with him, with her. And she can make a bread and eat. And he, she and her son, they can die. 
That was the plan. And Elijah went and looked at the woman and said, go and make a bread for me. And then she said, I don't have anything. And then Elijah said, you have a little bit of it, what you said. You know, go and make a bread for me first. And that lady went, lady went and she made a cake for him first and gave it to him. And this is what Elijah said. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And the Lord blessed her. Lord blessed her. You know, when the blessing of the Lord comes upon our lives, you know, there is nothing greater than that. When God's blessing comes over our lives, it overtakes every other huddles that we have in our lives. Every other curses that are spoken against us because God's blessing comes over our lives. Then Elijah went on his way. And later the son of woman He became sick And he died We read the rest of the story in 1st Kings chapter 17 Verses 17 to 24 Let's read that 1st Kings chapter 17 verses 17 to 24 Now it happened after these things You can read together That the son of the woman who owned the house Became sick And his sickness was so serious That there was no breath left in him So she said to Elijah What have I to do with you O man of God Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance And to kill my son Verse 19 and he said to her give me your son so he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed then he cried out to the Lord and said O Lord my God have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son and he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said O Lord my God I pray let this child's soul come back to him verse 22 then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of of the child came back to him and he revived and Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother and Elijah said see your son lives then the woman said to Elijah now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth you know as I see the scripture very closely to understand what is going on in the scripture especially what is going on in the life of this woman I could understand what is happening today in our families you know we are living in a technology driven and technology controlled world you know this era is totally controlled by technology and in this situation in this 21st century you know what does really this mean to us and I was preparing as we were flying you know coming back as we were just sitting in the airplane and preparing this sermon and this is what God spoke to me there are four or five things you know I want to share with you before I finish number one the son of woman died can you say that with me the son of women died. Verse 17, we read that again. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. The son of the woman died. You know, today, I want you to listen to me. Today, kids, they come to church and they go through all the motions of the church and they do their craft very well. Listen to me, look at me, look at me now. They do their craft very well, they do their painting very well. And they, you know, even study the memory verses, the scriptures. And they participate in this action song, singing everything. But they are not saved. Not all the kids. Listen to me, look at me, everybody. When I preach, please look at me. Our children, they come to church, they go through all the motions of the church. 
but they are not saved. Not all the kids. I'm not talking about everybody. I'm not talking about only those who are here. We have just only a handful of kids. There are hundreds of kids outside worshipping in churches, talking about gender in general. They are not saved. They are spiritually dead. The son of the woman died. They are not yet saved. Not all of them, but many of them. Some of them gave their lives once to Jesus, but they forgot about it. They totally forgot about it. Unless we take time and sit with them and ask them to admit he or she is a sinner and ask them to encourage them to confess their sins and ask them to ask for forgiveness of Lord Jesus Christ and ask them to ask God for help to keep them away from sin, they are not going to heaven. Many of our children are not going to heaven. That's the truth. They go to church, but they are not saved. They are not saved. The son of woman died. Now we have a responsibility there. As parents, as adults, as elders, we all have a responsibility towards children. Number two, we see the mother of the boy who's totally, she's totally helpless. Now you can imagine, a boy was given to her according to the word of Elijah, and now the boy is taken out of her, and she's a widow. And blessings came in their lives at some point of time. But now we see death in their family, in their life. The mother is helpless, totally helpless. Verse 18 says, so she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you? What have I done? Why did you kill my son? I thought you came to bless me. Why my son got killed? Why he died? Oh man of God, have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? You know, I see a helplessness in her tone. Don't you see that? A helplessness. I don't know what is happening. I don't know what is happening. Most of the time, parents are helpless. Most of the time, parents are helpless. Now, I do understand the parents are responsible for their spiritual growth of their children. We teach them the word of God. We bring them up in a godly way. Listen to me. We do all those things. But I don't know. I don't know, we teach them the Bible stories. We tell them to pray how they need to pray. We are with them as a family. We pray with them. We do all these things. But in spite of doing all these things, our children die. Our children, spiritually our children die. I want you to listen to me. This is important this morning. You know, most of the time we can do that up to, you know, when they are 10 or 12. We can do that. We can sit with them and they... Willingly they listen and do all the things that we try to do. They are in the church. They are in the society. They are in the schools. They are with among their, with, with their friends. Some of them, they go to other families for sleepover. They go for camp one week, two weeks away from parents. You slowly lose control. We need to understand most of our children are what is known as post-millennials. 
Post millennials are the age group from 0 to 17 or, zero, or, or, or up to 21. They are also known as Gen Z, Generation Z. Amen? Generations, we need to get used to these terms. You know, that's the reason I'm telling you this. Generation C, Z, they most of the time, they grow up in their smartphones. Have you seen your children? We don't want to give our phones to them, but then, you know, most of the time, that's where they are. We see them everywhere. They are with their phones most of the time. And statistics say zero, we are talking about zero to 17. 22 percentage of Gen Z, they make profit through online business. They are already in the business. You may not know. Parents, you don't know. Your children are making money online. Do you know that? They are making money online, some of your children, grown up. Statistics says 90 percentage of the Gen Z go through mental stress, poor mental health. We are talking about zero to 17 age group. There are various reasons. They can't handle when they hear a news about school shooting. They cannot hear it. They can't handle it. They can't handle the political changes. They can't handle it. And you know, most of them are being part of immigrants, especially in this nation. And the troubles that they go through, the challenges that they face, most of them are depressed. The reason why your son, your child, your daughter talks to you in that way, because she is depressed already. The reason why she or he is not willing to obey you, she is already going through depression. The post-millennials, also known as Gen Z, are really ra racial or ethnic minorities. That means they really don't care about, you know, color, nation. They're all their friends. You know, that's how they look at it. You try to talk to them about, you know, with color or with the nation, nationality, try to bring a little bit of discrimination. They don't like that. They don't like that. Mom, why are you saying that? He's my friend. It doesn't matter whether which country he is from, she is from. They are, you know, racial minorities. They don't really care about it. They don't really care about our nationality or color or skin, skin color. They consider everyone equal. They don't like the discrimination. We are talking about a generation that we, God has given in our hands. Amen? And they are very open-minded when, when it really comes to gender and sexuality. They are very open. They are very open. You know, we, are, we have already, as we carry the ch our children in that age group, we are already stepping into an area where we don't have any idea what is going on in their lives. You know, parents can really take care of them physically. They can feed them and, you know, they can do all these things. But when it comes to spiritual matter at the age of 12, 13, 14, parents are totally helpless. This woman, the son just died and she was totally helpless. You know, we are having such children in our families, in our society. You know, they are already spiritually died, but the parents are totally helpless. They don't know what to do. Parents are looking for somebody who can take their children along with them. Because they are already helpless. We can't blame them. We can't blame them. Can you go and blame this woman? You killed that. You did not take care of that son. No. He died. And she is totally helpless. And as parents, you know, we at times we don't understand what they are saying. We don't understand, you know, what they are going through. When we try to teach scriptures, at this age group, they are not willing to listen. Because they don't find anything relevant with the scripture and with the real life. And they look at the scripture and they look at your life and they don't find anything relevant. Then they don't want to listen to you. They look at the scripture and they, they know what is happening in the churches and they don't want to listen. We are talking about our, the generation that we handle every day. 
And you and I cannot lead them to Christ because we become helpless at times. We need people like Elijah. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Amen? We need people like Elijah. We need people like Elijah in our families. We need people like Elijah coming along with us and helping those children, those who are already spiritually died. Number three, Elijah walked into your house. We read that in verse 19 and 21. Elijah walked into her house, verse 19, and he said to her, this is the word he said. He did not even speak to that woman. He said, what did he say? Give me your son. Only Elijah can deal with that. The woman cannot do anything. The child is already dead. Elijah, only Elijah can do something. And that's the reason Elijah went and asked her, Give me your son. Give me your son. Verse 21, And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, Oh Lord my God, I pray let this child's soul come back to him. Not everyone can do this. I want you to listen to me. This is important. We can do this when we treat others' children like our children. You know, it may be a new doctrine. When you treat others' children like our children, otherwise Elijah cannot do it. Who wants to just fall on a dead body and cry out to God? Only Elijahs can do. Only Elijahs can do that. Not everyone can do. You know, God certainly wants us to love our children. God also wants us to show our love towards others' children. Can I hear an amen? amen? They may not be our children. They may not speak our language. Listen to me. They don't smell like our own kids. You know what I mean? Your own kids, your kids smell in a different way, right? That you like. Even though they are not taken bath for one week, Still you kiss their head and smile because it's your child. Can you do that for another child? Can we do that for another child even though they don't smell like our children? Are we able to love them? Christ's love demands us to do that. Now I want all of us to step down from where we are. Let's get into the reality. Let's get into the reality. Christ's love demands us to do that. We cannot love our children. If we don't love their parents. Amen? It's very hard. We cannot love those children if we don't love their parents. Most of the time, children are innocent. And we don't want to show our love and affection to those children because we know their parents. Okay. You know what I'm saying, right? And God doesn't like that. God wants us to be an Elijah. You know, today what's happening in the churches? Without caring for our own children, those who are in the churches, children of other believers, they are in the churches. They want to go to the mission field to love somebody who is you know, miles away. And they want to take those kids in their hands and take pictures and post them in the Facebook. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong, it's good. Because it may motivate people to go to the mission field. But God is saying that before that you have the mission in front of you. You have the mission right here. Why don't we just carry those kids? Have you ever carried somebody else's kids? I mean, I have not done that. Have you ever carried somebody else's babies? We need to do that. When you go to the downstairs, 
We see Caitlin and uh, Alicia, you know, ministering to our children. Have you seen the way they love our babies? Irrespective of color, race, they love. God honors. That's what is mission. That's what is mission. God expects us as pastors and elders and church leaders and volunteers to come along our children because they, they died already. They are not saved. They are not saved yet. Number four, Elijah prayed and the dead son raised. Verse 23 and 22 and 23. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. Verse 23. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. You know, I said already this generation wants to see, listen to me, the supernatural power of God. Amen. This generation wants to see the supernatural power of God. You know, when we teach them that God of Elijah can bring fire from heaven, as a child, as an innocent child, he believes. He or she believes. Because that's the God they know. You know, we have gone through many different experiences and many different kinds of teachings. But the, when you speak something to your child, when they learn the word of God, that's the God they know. And they want to see supernatural things they want to experience a life transformation happening to them. That's what they look for. That's what exactly they look for. You know, not, they are not really happy about just going to church. We may be happy if we come and go, but children, they are not really happy about just going to church. They want to see the move of God. They want to see the move of God. And that's what Elijah prayed. Elijah prayed and said, Lord, revive the son. Revive the son. And he cried out to God. And there is a supernatural miracle that took place. You know, many times we think that, you know, when we bring children and then, you know, during the Sunday school, we can just put a video and then let them go. They may really enjoy. No, 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 they are not enjoying. We may think that, you know, we can just do a craft and, you know, painting and just, you know, make them happy and give some ice cream and all those kind of things. No, they are not happy. They can do it at home. They can do it in the library. Much better facility. Then why do they need to come to church? What do they get from church? They are not really looking for entertainment. They are looking for something real. You know, it's there inside of your child. They don't speak. They don't share that with us. But inside, they are looking for God to move. Do you know that? Inside, they want to see when, they, when you pray, they want to see that miracle happening. They believe it. Your children believe it, whether we believe it or not. They believe it. And you know, when we bring children up in the godly way, that's the reason, you know, we, we encourage sometimes, you know, to pray for children and ask them to pray for you. Ask them to lay hands on you and pray for you. That will be a blessing. Train them in that way. The millennials and the post-millennials, they are really hungry for God. They are really, we are talking about our children. They are really hungry for God. You know, God is raising a new generation. I'm just going to close quickly. God is raising a new generation. And we want to see that generation not really named as post-millennial or generation Z. We want that generation to be named as Jeremiah generation. Can you say that with me? Jeremiah generation. We want to see them as Jeremiah generation. Amen. I mean, this is not somebody, some aliens, you know, these are the real people, you know, who are in mountain glad tidings. The church, youth, youth and the children, especially the millennials, post-millennials, they are trained in this way to pray for one another. During the church service, they get together and lay hands on the elders and parents and pray for them. Pray for them. 
We are looking for Jeremiah generation. Can you read the scripture with me? Jeremiah 1, 7, reading from NIV. I'm not sure what I put over there. Do we have that scripture? I don't think we have the scripture. I'll read that for you. Jeremiah 1, 7. But the Lord said to me, listen to me. Do not say, I am too young. Lord is speaking to Jeremiah. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and you will uh, and will rescue you, declares the Lord. You know, God, when he called Jeremiah, and this is what he said. And in verse 10, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. You know, this is the call of God over our children. Amen. How many of you believe that? It doesn't like it's happening, but I want you to believe that. I want you to believe that this is the call of God over your children. You know, God is doing, about to do something in the coming generation. There is no doubt about it. The Spirit of God is already on the move. You know, working in the life of children and changing them. Because when a child gets changed, that's a real change, real transformation. And we want to see that happening. This generation is going to experience the supernatural power of God. The pure power of God. There is no deception involved in it. You know, we, God is expecting us to be the Elijah. God is expecting us to come alongside of our children. So that the dead children in our family, in our church can be revived. Amen. You know, God is dealing with the responsibility. God is talking about the responsibility that you and I have. Finally, fifth one. Children bring parents back to their faith. Verse 24, when this miracle took place, then the woman said to Elijah, listen to what she says now, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth is true. Three years there was a drought by the same Elijah, the word of mouth, or word of God through the mouth of Elijah. And God did amazing things through this man of God, but this woman did not even realize that it is God's work. But when child, when her son got revived, her eyes got opened. And she came to an understanding that now this is a man of God. And what, who is do, what he is doing is according to the word of God. You know, parents at times, you know, they are not walking along with God. Because their children walk away from God. You know, I come across parents. And they say that, you know, I don't really feel like coming to church. I don't really feel like doing anything because... My son has gone away from faith. My daughter has gone away from faith. And my daughter went and you know she got married to somebody else. And living with somebody else. I can't handle this. I don't feel like doing anything for God. You know parents walk away. When children go away from God. Parents hearts break. They cannot really handle it. Because that's, how the, that's not how they brought up their children. They want their children to come up in a godly way. They want their children to keep themselves pure until the day of their marriage. But before they, they, give it, they get into unwanted relationship, parents' heart breaks. And this morning God is telling the church, it is very important that you and I need to stand and stand alongside of our children. And otherwise they are dying. They are dying. They are dying. I don't know whether you get that burden, but I, I, I just convey what God wants me to convey. Parents wants to see their children walking in faith. First Kings chapter 17 verse 24. Then the woman said to Elijah, the same scripture that we read. Now by this I know that you are a man of God. Parents want to see their children serving God. You know the most blessed, the most joyous moment of any parent is to see their children serving God. 
Go and talk to your parents. Some of your parents are here. Some of your church family members' parents are pastors. Just go and ask them. They're waiting for the day. They're waiting for the day. Jomini's dad is waiting for the day when she will start serving God. Jofin's dad is waiting for the day when he will resign the job and full time come and serve the Lord. I don't know, some of your parents are, some of our church members' parents are pastors. And even some of you know, our children as they grow up, we want to see the day when they serve the Lord. When they serve, when they serve the Lord before we want to leave the face of this earth. Our children are going to serve God through these millennials and post-millennials. Not only our lives are going to be changed, but God is going to bring the revival. You know, how many more years we can be around? We are talking about revival, revival. When it is going to come? All the reason that we see things around us today, the revival can very well happen in the life of our children. And who will bring them? Who will make them ready? They are given in our hands. They are given in our hands. If God tarries, we will see our children serving God. For this to happen, for this son to be revived, we need Elijah's. We need Elijah's. This morning as we stand, I want to close here. Shall we just stand?